baby, the LA Clippers win the biggest LA Clipper, LA Laker game in the history of Clipper Laker games. And what made the difference in this one for the Clips? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vaziri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live post game. After the Clippers beat the Lakers in what was not only the biggest game of the season for both teams, the biggest Clipper-Laker hallway series game since the Clippers had moved to Los Angeles, as I talked about in the last episode, at least in my opinion. Both teams had the most riding on it compared to other games between the two throughout history, and the Clippers came out on top with one of their better performances of the season, in my opinion, the top 10 one. They went at 125 to 118, even without Paul George. Now, granted, the Lakers were on a back-to-back, being taken to overtime by the Utah Jazz on Tuesday night. But that gave the Clippers the opportunity with three days rest. I said it on the last episode. They had to come out and set the tone defensively and just look like the team that was more rested, more active. And that's exactly what they were Good news for the Clippers, Eric Gordon returned to the starting lineup after missing the Pelicans game and not playing in the second half of that second Grizzlies game, so it was really good to see EJ back in the starting lineup, and I had a little EJ for three, bingo, not one, not one, not two, but three times for the Clippers in the first quarter from three, and those would actually be his only three-pointers made and his only shots made for the rest of the night. Three for six from deep for EJ, three for seven from the field overall. He had nine points, three rebounds, and three assists. But overall, the defensive intensity to start the game was sharp, and I knew what type of time everybody was on when Russell Westbrook, on the first defensive possession of the game, fought over a screen and blocked Austin Reeves from behind. Russ wanted this, and obviously, this game was massive for Russell Westbrook, given everything that had happened across the hall and all the negative publicity about Russ coming to the Clippers. He has proven to everyone that it was just a bad fit, and the Clippers are showing why they've been such a place that players have said such good things about in the Steve Ballmer era. Players like Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, Danilo Gallinari. I mean, I know Blake was upset about the way things ended, but Blake Griffin loved being a Clipper. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But people like playing here now. And the Clippers are making it known that they want it to be, and I think this is part of the whole Clipper thing. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But I think at times they can lean into being super anti-Laker more than just kind of 
focusing on what they need to do to become a championship team. And I think Paul George, to a degree, wanted to show everybody that, look, they just couldn't work with Russ. It was an anomaly, but Russ is the man, and I'll show you that it can work. Now, when I say the words work or word work, the Clippers haven't necessarily improved significantly with Russ, with Russ just based on the record. But he has helped in some ways. That's undeniable. And I think in the beginning of this game, he set a tone. LeBron was guarding him, or should I say not guarding him. I thought potentially AD was going to be the one guarding him, but AD was guarding Zoo. LeBron was letting him shoot, and Russ hit two threes and a mid-range pull-up from the right elbow, pointed at LeBron as well to let him know, hey, you going to give me that? Well, I'm going to knock that down. Amazing to see Russ start the game like that. He also created two shots in transition. One was a lob early on to Zoo. The Clippers were up 8 nothing, And also a find to Eric Gordon in transition for a wing three. Russ was awesome in the first quarter. But when LeBron went to the bench, and he was horrendous in the beginning of this game, mind you. He was turning the ball over so much, bricking everything. But when he went to the bench, D'Angelo Russell... And a little bit of AD started to get the Lakers back in the game. And the Clippers are only up by six after one. But I just thought that set a tone, that start with Nico Batum, with Kawhi, with Russ playing defense. It just felt like the Clippers were more engaged for four quarters. And coming out the aggressors, I think it just sets a tone. I'm really big on the start of games. And the Clippers have been so poor with that this season. The second quarter, they outscored the Lakers 34-21, and I have to say, some interesting, you know, substitution patterns from Ty Lue that worked. And I'm going to be talking about why I think Ty Lue had such a great game later on in the episode, and what I think was the real edge that the gave the the real category that gave the Clippers the biggest edge, I should say. But to me, the main thing was just the way the Clippers approached the game, the way they came out from a mental aspect and a, an effort aspect. They played hard, they were focused, and they never fully let the Lakers get back into the game. In the second quarter, they were able to build a lead. You know, Ivica Zubats was phenomenal. He was dominating Wenyan Gabriel. And when I mentioned the substitution pattern, this is what he did, Ty Lue. So about five or six minutes into the first quarter, he took out Zoo and Nico which I thought was really interesting, brought in Mason and Norman Powell fairly early. And I was worried that Mason Plumley would get destroyed by Anthony Davis. And look, it wasn't looking too great. You even saw the Clippers go zone at times. I think it was to hide certain defenders. But Mason still had a nice jump hook with the right hand over Anthony Davis one-on-one. And what it really allowed, and I don't know if this was Ty's master plan, but he staggered Kawhi Leonard and Zoo. Usually we see Kawhi Leonard staggered with Paul George. And in recent times, Kawhi Leonard staggered with Russ. One of them always being in at all times. But in this one, you saw Kawhi Leonard being staggered with Zoo. And I love that because it's one, very respectful and showing Zoo, look, we need you on the floor when Kawhi is not. That's big. I think that's a sign of confidence being shown or should I say trust and I, I mean everybody knows how good Zoo is 
or actually, I don't even know about that. There's still people that say some ridiculous things about him, in my opinion. But I think Zeus fantastic, and he got 33 minutes in this game. He's averaging about 28 and a half for the season, but he got 33 minutes in this game. And when he played to start that second quarter, which is not typical of him, he was playing against Wenyan Gabriel. And when he was catching the ball on rolls around the basket, you know, easy jump hooks. He was able to get his body into him, get fouled. And he even hit him with a left-handed jump hook. And that's something that we've seen Zoo add to his repertoire this season and is part of why we say Zoo should get the ball in the post more, one-on-one, I'd say three to four, five times a game. But he was doing a great job on the glass, doing a little bit of everything. And the Clippers led 71-52 to at the half. You knew the Lakers were going to make a push. You just had to be able to withstand it. And LeBron James woke up in the third quarter and started hitting threes, started getting to the basket, started getting to the line. And what started really making me nervous is when AD started hitting mid-ranges before the double team came. And the Clippers went with the double team. It was exactly the opposite of what Ty Lue said. Clearly a bluff, a little psychological warfare. Clippers double teamed AD all night long. And I thought they did a good job rotating as well, getting out and preventing a lot of open threes. They also did a pretty good job keeping Austin Reeves off the foul line. Only five free throw attempts for Austin Reeves, who's been getting to the line like crazy lately. And every time the Lakers made a run, the Clippers had it up to 24. I believe it was 76 to 52. The Lakers got it within nine, but the Clippers never let it get within two possessions and went to the fourth quarter with an 11-point lead and never let the Lakers get within single digits. And desperate times called for desperate measures. You could see how much Ty Lue wanted to win this game with Kawhi Leonard playing the entire second half. He didn't come out, maybe preparing him for the playoffs. He played 43 minutes in this game, which was the most for any player in the game. And he was starting to get double teamed and hedged hard on screens. When he was putting the smalls in the pick and roll in the second half, they were sending two at him. He was making the right play, letting other Clipper players do things, and just letting guys eat. I thought Kawhi was really solid. He had 25 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists on 9 for 17 shooting, 4 for 7 from deep, 3 for 4 from the line in his 43 minutes, so very efficient. He had 8 points in the first quarter just off mid-range pull-ups. One was in, actually, no, 3 of them on mid-range pull-ups, and then 1 bucket on a cut and dunk. I think that was in transition. But Kawhi did the job, led by example. Russell Westbrook, I think part of the reason I have to say that the Lakers did start to come back is that Russ, you know, they weren't guarding him in the beginning of the game and he was making the Lakers pay. But in the third quarter, he was, you know, you saw the negatives come out with Russ where they were still leaving him open and he was not making the defense pay, starting to turn the ball over a little bit. And he started turning the ball over a little bit when he came back in in the second quarter. And Ty Lue went away from him. Didn't put him back in the game, and it ended up being the right decision, and Russ was really supportive the entire way on the bench. And you just got to love his attitude so far with this Clipper team. He clearly just wants to be a part of winning. I think the price tag has also made it easier to just kind of not be so harsh on him. That was definitely part of the reason why it was so frustrating for the Laker fans that Russ was not playing to, you know, what they expected of him based on his salary But now it feels also like Russ is coming to show everybody that he is a winner. He's here to help the Clippers win. And we'll see how it... I mean, he's not going to really be judged properly till the playoffs. 
But coming up, going to talk about the real thing that gave the Clippers the edge in this game. You must be wondering, why haven't I mentioned it yet? That's just gonna, that is because I am going to mention it coming up. Before I do that, I got to tell you about something special. Watching your closet grow after purchasing all of this season's latest trends. How about also watching your cash back grow with each pers- purchase with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. All right, so the main factor that I think gave the Clippers the edge in this one was the bench. The Lakers had a combined, let's count, 25 points from their bench, and they played a 10-man rotation, so an average of five points from each guy. The Clippers, on the other hand, got 27 points from Norman Powell alone. 55 bench points, so 30 more bench points than the Lakers, and there were big-time performances and contributions from Bones Highland, Mason Plumley. Terrence Mann, and Norman Powell. Let's start with Mason Plumley. I thought he held his own, even in minutes that he had to play against AD. It started a little shaky the first two, three minutes that he came in. But overall, he played some pretty good defense, deterred a couple shots at the rim, got a couple of rebounds, finished around the basket. He was two for two. And one of them was a really nice move in the second half where he did a little up fake. AD went for the block, and he did a little dunk on the other side of the rim. It was a nice finish by Mason Plumley, who in 14 minutes of play had four points, three rebounds on two for two shooting, did his job. And somebody else who did his job very well was Terrence Mann. I think it was one of his better games in a while. And when we're playing against teams that don't have as many of those quicker guards, Terrence actually does a pretty good job getting over screens and staying attached. You saw it when he was guarding LeBron a lot tonight on Wednesday night. You saw it when he was guarding D'Angelo Russell a lot. And D'Lo's not the quickest, so it was pretty easy for Terrence Mann to stay attached. And he was doing a really good job putting hands up and putting pressure on the ball and in addition to that he made the two threes that he shot and he had a couple of baskets in transition around the rim there was one where I think it was an offensive rebound he got and he finished strong you gotta love when things are rolling actually it wasn't it wasn't an offensive rebound I think it was a cut 
But Terrence Mann doing a little bit of everything, only played 19 minutes, but was very impactful in those 19 minutes. 10 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 of 5 from the field, that's 80%. 2 for 2 from the 3-point line, and he was a plus 12. Awesome to see Terrence have a big game when the Clippers need it most. The man for the big occasion, as usual. But the two bench players that really stood out in this one, Norman Powell and Bones Highland. Fourth quarter, who sets the tone? Who scores all his points in the fourth quarter? That would be Busy Bones Highland. Knocking down the three ball off good ball movement, off little screens and pick and pops, and also... The ability to get downhill, get to the foul line, make plays. He had some really nice passes as well in that fourth quarter. 21 minutes played for Bones. Pretty sure he played the entire fourth. 14 points, two rebounds, and four assists. Credit to Ty Lu for riding with Bones, even though he bleated with bleated some points at the end defensively. But all 14 of his points coming in the fourth, you've got to love it. Three for six from deep. Four for seven overall. When Bones is efficient, I mean, he is just awesome. And he was a big difference maker in this one. To come in with those points in the fourth quarter, when the Clippers really needed, you know, stopping momentum. There was one uh, moment when the Lakers cut it to 13, 90 to 103. Clippers called a timeout, a good timeout taken by Ty Lue, around eight and a half left, I want to say. Come out of the timeout, drop a play for Bones Highland to get an open three, and he hits it. I believe that was one, that was the one from the left corner. Put the Clippers up 106 to 90, and you gotta give Bones credit. He was just awesome. But Norman Powell, we've been talking about. He hasn't looked the same since he's come back from the shoulder injury. He's been forcing things. Well, talk about a game where you needed Norm to be Norm again. He chose the right game. All right. I mean, this was the Norman Powell that we were getting before he got injured, the sixth man of the year. Turning the corner on that little curl play, going from left to right, finishing around the basket, getting to the line, and his whistle returned tonight. That favorable whistle that he's been getting all season, it came back, and he took advantage of it, shooting 10 for 10 from the foul line. And also, the ability to hit floaters taking advantage of the defense and drop coverage. Thought Norm was doing well there. And in the fourth quarter, even hit a pull-up mid-range coming off a screen. Just an amazing performance from Norm. Timely baskets, especially later in that third quarter when LeBron had really gotten it going and the Laker contingent of the crowd. I heard about 60% of the crowd was Laker fans at this game. When they were starting to make their run, Norman Powell responded with either a big basket getting to the rim or finishing or I'm sorry, making his free throws. There were a couple really nice finishes from Norm going to his right, and he is just lethal going to his right. But he was the Clippers' high scorer in this game. 27 points, 4 assists, and we're going to need more performances like that from Norm with Paul George out, and of course, in the first round, especially if we play the Phoenix Suns, which is looking like the Clippers could very well play in that first round. Norman Powell, 8 for 15 from the field in this game. 1 for 4 from deep, so he still hasn't gotten the 3 ball back, but 10 for 10 from the line. I also want to give a shout-out to Nicholas Batum. You know, for a guy to go 1 for 7 and still have the impact that he had defending the way that he did, you know, 
I saw, you know, there were times where D'Angelo Russell, I saw him coming off the screens, Nico Batum attached to his hip. He is not thinking about shooting that shot because Nico's going to block it. The amount of contests that Nico does and affects shots and cause misses, I mean, it's amazing. And it just really does not go in the stat sheet. You can't tell how well he plays, but you can tell how much better the Clippers play with him by watching the games. And the plus minus reflects that with a game high plus 13 for Nico Batum. And as a starter, he is doing his thing in terms of just being better than Marcus Morris. And speaking of Marcus Morris, he was on the Clipper bench in this one, but he was in street clothes. He was listed out with lower back spasms. But again, I'm still skeptical of this whole thing, but it's good to see him on the bench at least, um, but not in uniform. Again, we'll see if he suits up for the Clippers again, but maybe he does have back spasms. I still don't think he had COVID though, but as I said, no proof. But coming up, going to talk about why I think this was such a great game for Ty Lu and why he outcoached Darvin Ham. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I don't know what bets I've got coming up. I haven't looked at it in a while, and right now I haven't really been betting. But it's always safe to bet on Kevin Durant over with the points. Why? Because he's Kevin Durant. But I don't know. You know, to be honest, then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's, take, uh, let's talk about Ty Lue. I thought this was an amazing game for him, starting with the idea to put Kawhi Leonard on Anthony Davis. The, actually, you know what? I got to start with before the game. For him to do the psychological warfare, we're going to double-team AD on every touch with Zoo. Two, two lies there. One, he didn't guard AD with Zoo much. He went with Kawhi guarding him so then he could switch the pick and roll. And you know what he was going to do is no matter what the mismatch up, was whether it was Russ on him or Norman Powell on him. When the ball was going to AD, we hard doubled, made them move the ball, and our rotations were good. And even though AD has improved a lot passing out of the double team, they got some open shots, but we still prevented a good amount as well. So that was an amazing strategy. And also to have Ivica Zubats guard Jared Vanderbilt and sag off of him, you know, basically not guard him at all, be there for help side defense, having your biggest guy be there for help side is a big-time luxury and a great idea. You know, teams like the Bucks, that's part of what makes their defense so good. They have Brooke Lopez being involved in the pick-and-roll action, and then Giannis coming from the help side. You saw that with JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis in the 2020 Lakers team, or AD and Dwight Howard. You'd have AD coming from help side when Dwight was getting put in the pick-and-roll. And I would look at this going forward 
when Wembanyama gets drafted, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there a lot of times with another big and he's just going to be coming from the weak side and playing help defense with those blocks. And it's going to be crazy. But Zoo doing that, I thought that was a great adjustment. Also, of course, as I mentioned earlier, staggering Zubots with Kawhi. I thought playing Zoo a good amount in this one was the right decision. Him getting 33 minutes was great to see. 17 points, 13 rebounds for Zoo in this game. Four of those offensive rebounds. He was just really awesome being active on the offensive glass, getting the Clippers multiple possessions, finishing strong around the rim. And my favorite stat, honestly, of the night for Zoo, five for six from the foul line, and he's really been struggling from the foul line of late. And the Clippers shot 23 for 27 from the line, 85%. Lakers, 16 for 24, only 67%. So Zoo, he was just immaculate in this one. Big Zoo, the former Laker. Thank you, Magic Johnson. He had one big assist left, didn't he, Magic? But the Clippers went at 125 to 118, even though they were outscored in both the third and fourth quarters by the Lakers. Lakers outscoring them 30 to 22 in the third, 36 to 32 in the fourth. But the bench makes a huge difference. Another thing I like that Ty Lue did was, yeah, the staggering of Zoo, I think that gave Zoo some confidence and also just let him dominate Wenyan Gabriel. I don't know if that was intentional, that he knew Wenyan Gabriel will be playing at that time, so he had Zoo dominate him, but it could have easily just been that he wanted Zoo in the game when Kawhi wasn't because he didn't want to give up as much defense. And obviously, Zoo can be good offensively too if you trust him. But Nico Batum also came in with Zoo, I want to mention. So having two of your, you know, probably three best defenders out there to start the second quarter when Kawhi went to the bench, that helps a lot. And I also got to give Russ a shout out. Even though he didn't really play well in the second half, he played good defense. He was active, and you could just tell how badly he wanted it. And Bones Highland said after the game that we wanted to win this one for Russ, and you could really feel that they did. And that's what really makes me disappointed. And plus, one thing I also liked about Ty Lue, he rode with the guys that were hot. He let Bone Thailand play the whole fourth. I think he made the right decisions in terms of minutes. He sat Russ out, went away from him at the right time. He was just really good in this game, Ty Lue. And he also rode Kawhi and got him ready for the play. I feel like he's getting him ready for the playoffs. Let him play the entire second half. I got a little bit nervous, but hey, he's probably going to be playing a lot of those minutes in the playoffs, especially with Paul George out. So that's what makes me mad. Even though we didn't get Robert Covington, obviously, Ty Lue, you know, he has games where he shows he's still a really good coach and does things that are, you know, you know, common sense. Doesn't have those small guard lineups. He had like a small couple minutes, one or two minutes, where he had Eric Gordon, Norman Powell, and I think Russ out there at once. But he took he fixed that pretty quickly. And it's just like when the Clippers play with that kind of effort and intensity. And Ty Lue coaches that well. And the Clippers play those nine guys. You know, you have Nico starting and not Marcus Morris. It just frustrates me so much. And it should frustrate all Clipper fans so much because they're a great team when that happens, when they're all focused, when Ty Lue is coaching at his best. Without Marcus Morris, now that they have neither him nor Reggie Jackson. I mean, it's a championship contender then, in my opinion. But what can you do? 
The Clippers currently stay are in the fifth seed with a 42 and 38 record. They are now 22 and 18 at home with one home game left against the Portland Trailblazers, who have basically been resting everybody for a couple of games now. And the Clippers should win that. And then the decisions come about whether or not to consider potentially losing that final game against Phoenix because they don't want to play them. I mean, so many discussions to be had about that. And we'll be doing that on episodes coming up later in the week and before the playoffs and before the last game because the Clippers don't play again till Saturday. And I will be at that game. That will be the last regular season game. Always fun to go to those kind of games. So we'll talk about potential scenarios for winning or losing that final game. But right now the Clippers are back in fifth they are 42 and 38 they of course have the tiebreaker over the Warriors and the Lakers and that pretty much puts them in a good I want to say almost safe position to get a playoff spot and not a play-in spot by beating the Lakers who dropped to 40 and 30 41 and 39 and most likely will be playing in a play-in game so big win for the Clippers in what was in my opinion the biggest Clipper Laker game of all time. And you let me know who you think was the biggest difference in the game for the Clippers. Besides Kawhi, of course. So let's not use Kawhi. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper content. Locked on Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment what I just asked. Who was the difference maker, in your opinion, besides Kawhi? Make sure to turn on the notification bell so you know every single time we post an episode here on Locked on Clippers. Thank you for making Locked on Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game-to-game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game-to-game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Huge win, the biggest of the season. Games that make you want to pull your hair out because it shows how good this Clipper team can be and you just don't know which one you're going to get on a given night can we just play the lakers every single game the age-old proverb continues as we head into the final two ladies and gentlemen oh my god go clippers big win Woo!